That isn't it? How he emphasizes a particular thing and sometimes unbeknownst to others, he, he's working on the same area in their hearts. And what a joy. Pray for Brother Dan. He's uh, having some back issues and he said he was going to have to slip out and uh, in a lot of pain this morning. I'm thankful God's watch care over us. I, uh, I didn't show everybody, but I brought with me uh, what's left of the rear brakes on our bus. And uh, I appreciate uh, Brother Ronnie Baker and uh, Brother Mark. Uh, they both helped us get those tires. We had to put new brakes all the way around the bus. And uh, I haven't got all the receipts together yet from all of it, but it was probably somewhere in the vicinity, I'm going to say about $750 or so to do all of them all the way around. And uh, that was with us doing the labor. So uh, be in prayer about that and that the Lord will help us to keep better maintenance on it from this point forward because they were in pretty bad shape. Uh, and we will be doing a little better at keeping an eye on things on that. But thank the Lord uh, for his safety uh, because the brakes, they it would stop, but uh, they were at a point where they could have failed. And we thank the Lord for his watch care and, and allowing us to catch it when we did and, and get it taken care of. So uh, God is good. And we thank him for that. And um, let's go ahead and um, take our Bibles, turn to Psalm 69, if you will. Psalm 69. And uh, we will probably be, uh, I, I'm not even going to say it. We're going to be long today. <laughs> Maybe we'll be short if I say that. No, I, we probably will be brief today. Um, for And... Uh, I, I really uh, have been stirred this week and, and for the last several months or so, a month or two, about the fact that uh, we don't magnify the Lord as much as we should. And um, we, we tend to, even, even people who really strive to be faithful and read their Bibles and come to a Bible-preaching church, we still have that tendency to grow apathetic in some ways. And uh, we do need to be often reminded. Psalm 69, and I'm going to give you uh, some, again, we dealt pretty much in the 11 o'clock hour on the what, uh, what we should do, and that is we should magnify the Lord. We gave you some areas of our life that we should magnify Him in, and so this afternoon, in keeping with the, the theme of the day, uh, sort of... Uh, I want to try to give you some practical things from Scripture on how we go about magnifying Him. How, how do I do that? Uh, does the Bible give us some ways to magnify Him? And so uh, uh, we're going to do that. I'm going to make uh, just one general statement to kind of lay a foundation for it, and then we'll jump into uh, the lesson this afternoon. And that is um, one of the great ways that God has given for us to magnify God to those around us uh, is by us giving him praise for what he's done for us. And when I say that, uh, I've told people many times before, they've said, well, how do you share the gospel with somebody? And for somebody who's never done it before, usually what I tell them is just tell them what God did for you. That's usually the easiest thing to do. And that's, that's giving him praise for what he's done for you. It's, it's sharing what he's done. And so some of the verses that we'll look at, some of the passages, we'll use the idea of praising him for certain things or certain ways. And uh, again, I want you to understand that this is often uh, one of the primary ways that we do magnify Him uh, in our lives. So let's look in Psalm 30, uh, Psalm, excuse me, Psalm 69, verse number 30. And uh, we're going to read that verse and we'll jump into it this afternoon. The psalmist says this, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him 
with thanksgiving. So we find two things here uh, on how we can magnify Him. The first one is we're to magnify Him uh, with our thanksgiving. And uh, you hear people all the time say, boy, I'm just thankful God has done this. I'm thankful God has done that. And the reason is we want people to see that this isn't just something that's happened. This is something that God did in our lives. Not just a coincidence, not just a circumstance of life. But we need to give thanks to God uh, for these things in our lives. And we need to be vocal about it. Uh, I've gotten to the place finally in my life, and it's, been, it's taken a lot of years to get here, but I don't have a problem in the world being around a group of unsaved people and uh, me realizing something that God's done and say, boy, God sure was good, right in the middle of all of them. Uh, because I want them to know, hey, this didn't happen because it was just a coincidence or a circumstance. I want them to know God did this, uh, even with my own children. Uh, the other day, I can't remember, I, was, I wish I could remember what the issue was, but there was, it was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was something happened. Jonathan and I were coming down the road. There was something that had happened in our lives, and we started talking about it. And I said, Bud, have you ever thought about this? God did that for us. God did that for us. And I wanted to make sure that he understood this wasn't just something that just happened by chance, but God did it. And so one of the ways that I think the Bible teaches very clearly here in Psalm 69, verse 30, for us to magnify him, is that he says uh, that we will magnify him with thanksgiving. And so we ought to be a thankful people anyway. Uh, but that is one of the ways that we can magnify God, by giving Him credit and thanking Him for the things He's done. Not just to one another, but even to those that are outside uh, uh, of, of uh, what we consider our Christian fellowship. Uh, whether they be backslidden Christians or unsaved people, uh, we, need to, we need to be vocal about these things. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the Bible says. And we need to make sure people know that God has done some great things. Um, then also, I want you to notice in verse 30, again, keeping in mind that praise often is one of the methods that we use to magnify. He says, I will praise the name of God with a song. And I will say this. We're going to look at another passage here uh, in just a moment. Well, let's just go ahead and turn there. Let's go to Psalm 33 and uh, go to verse number uh, 1. Psalm 33 and verse number 1. <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise, for the, works, uh, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And uh, I would say this, that our music needs to magnify the Lord. And we magnify him through our music. And I've hear, heard people say, well, uh, does, does music matter? Do we need to really preach on music? Absolutely we do. As a Christian, our music ought to be such that it magnifies the Lord. It's one of the methods that God uses to give praise to Him and to magnify Him in these things. Uh, so our music ought to reflect uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and help us to magnify Him in those areas. And then he goes on in verses 4 and 5 of this chapter that we already read. He said, For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I would so go so far as to say this, within the context of what the psalmist is saying, dealing with our singing and our music, that these are five areas that our music ought to magnify the Lord. Look with me here. It says, for the word of the Lord is right. We ought to magnify his word and the rightness of it in our music. Notice it also says in verse number four, and all his works are done in truth. Not only His Word, but His works. We ought to sing about them. 
We ought to sing about Him. It ought to be reflected in our music. He loveth righteousness and judgment. We ought to speak and sing about the righteousness and the judgment of God. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And these are the five areas, I think. The Word of the Lord, His works, His righteousness, His judgment, and His goodness ought to be reflected in our music. Uh, in fact, in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, I think it is, where it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And immediately he says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I heard somebody the other day was asking me, he said, uh, uh, what do you think about old-time country music? <laughs> I was like, uh, if I'm saved, I want to have music that's going to be pleasing to the Lord. I, I want to use music that pleases Him. Uh, and they were wanting to know if I liked it or if it was right or wrong issue. And can I tell you this, uh, even if I, I were to come out and say, uh, that, that music is sinful or it's wrong, the primary thing is, what music should I have in my life? If I'm going to magnify the Lord, I don't want to just abstain from wrong music. I want to sing music that's right. I want to magnify Him. I want to have things in my life that point. That's why I love singing the old hymns. Uh, there's so much that magnifies God in these things. And I love the fact, oh, how great thou art. What a fitting song. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit let Brother, Way, uh, Brother uh, Dan know what we were going to teach on today. What a great song to have right before the service. O oh, Lord our God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Our music ought to be one of the ways that we magnify Him. Our thanksgiving and our music. Then I want us to look at another place. Let's go to Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter number 10. <clears throat> Acts chapter 10, and we're going to look in verse number 44. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which we have received, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? The, the third way we need to magnify God is in our speech. In our speech. In Acts, God gave a supernatural utterance to these folks for a period of time to help reach others who could not understand their language, the gospel message. But I would go so far as to say this, that throughout Scripture, we are taught that our speech ought to be that which is seasoned with grace, our speech ought to be that which becometh the gospel, that which points men to Christ, that which honors God, and it ought not to be something that is defiling or dishonoring. It will change the way we talk if we ever get a hold of this thing that we need to magnify God in our speech. Can we magnify God in our speech when we're gossiping about someone? How about when we're saying something that is derogatory about someone? 
about if we're just venting? And, you know, usually that's what we usually say. Well, forgive me, I'm just venting right now. How are we magnifying God in that? Are we exemplifying His grace in our life? Are we exemplifying His peace that passes all understanding? We need to magnify God in our thanksgiving. We need to magnify God in our songs, in our music. I think we need to magnify God in our speech. And then I want you to notice in Job chapter 36, if you'll take a moment to turn there. Job chapter 36. And this is not so much a how, but an, uh, one of the things that we ought to use in our, our speech for. All right? So this is fitting to come right after magnifying him with our speech. Job chapter 36 and verse number 34. Oops, I'm sorry. Verse number 24. Job chapter 30. There's no 34 in Job 36. Job 36 verse 24. Remember that thou magnify his what? Work which men behold. So when it comes to magnifying in our speech, what about our speech? We ought to speak about the work of God. So that men can see His good works. That they can see His hand at work in our lives. And this is, what, this is what Job is speaking of here. He says, remember that thou magnify His work, which men behold. Men see it. We need to point it out to them. We need to remind them of it. We need to make sure that they're aware of this. That God did this. One of the great reasons we're uh, embattled in, uh, in debate and in... in in discussion regarding uh, things as, as simple as the beginning of the universe and how it came about is because we have failed as Christians to declare the work of God through creation. Now through history we've allowed scientists to come out and to refute it and a lot of Christians have said, well, there might be some truth to it or they've stayed silent and they've not, they've not spoken about the work of God. The reason that there are so many atheists and so many people who won't listen to the gospel is because, again, Christians have failed to speak of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus. And so when we magnify Him, we magnify Him through our speech, and I would say that one of the subjects of our speech ought to be His work. His work in creation, His work in redemption, His work in salvation, uh, His work in sanctification, and His work, I believe, in the rapture and the, uh, the second coming. The fact that He's going to come once again and redeem us. Now let's go to Psalm uh, 111. Psalm 111. <clears throat> and I might actually be truthful to you today when I say we will be brief. We're getting close. <clears throat> Psalm 111. Psalm 111. Verse number 1. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Notice this phrase. With my what? Whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great, sought out of all of them that have pleasure therein. <clears throat> his work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endureth forever. He hath made His wonderful works to be what? Remembered, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. We need to magnify God in the things that we remember the things that we remember, the things that we recall. Uh, it's amazing to me, I, I'll just use this illustration. When I used to uh, go to camp, or we took some kids to camp as a youth pastor, we, we had gone to a particular camp for many, many years since I had been a teenager. And uh, it had kind of, kind of declined a little bit in its emphasis and what it was doing. 
And I remember when I was a kid coming home and, and there was a spirit of revival in our hearts. We were so excited and so enthralled uh, with, uh, with what took place and God working our hearts. And we'd get up and give testimonies at church of what God did in our lives during the week at camp. And I remember my friends and I standing up and talking about the decisions that were made and how God stirred our hearts. But it seemed like the last few years we went to that camp that when we came home, the things that the kids focused on in their testimony was how bad the food was, how cold the showers were, and the girl or the boy that they met. And there was very little spiritual emphasis on what they recalled. Now, there, I was there. I, I was in those same preaching services. And it wasn't that there wasn't some decisions made. But the things that they remembered, uh, they, didn't, they didn't magnify God. They didn't bring remembrance to, or didn't, didn't bring focus on Him and what He had done. And I, I, I say all that to say this, that, that sometimes we pick and choose the things that we, we remember that, that are highlights of our life. So I would say it probably this way. Let's make the highlights of our life, the things that we do remember, let's make those the things that God's done in them. I remember when my kids were born. I remember when I took my first airplane ride. I remember, but what about spiritual matters? Do we remember those? Do we remember those? So I would say let's, let's live every day looking for those momentous things that we can recollect, that we can come back to and say, I want to magnify God. He has been so good. I spent some time uh, yesterday talking with my oldest daughter. And uh, as she was worried a little bit about some health issues and uh, she's like, Dad, you got to do better, and you got to <laughs> deal with some things. And she, she, you know, have kids, you know, they get a little bossy when they, you're, you get older as a parent, they get a little bossy towards you. And uh, she was getting on to me for not taking better care of myself on some things. And I, I started saying, I said, Liz, look. And, and I said, I understand there's, there's wisdom in that. And I started thinking back about my life. I said, look, God's given me a good life. He has. It's been an extraordinary life. There's been some pain, there's been some sorrow in it, but there's not one thing I think I'd ever have to go back and try to change as far as the things that God has done in my life. And I started recollecting them. I started thinking about them. And we spent probably 20 minutes. And by the time, by the time I was done, I was weeping over the goodness of God in my life. And I thought, you know, my daughter was used to help me remember some things that I don't always remember. And I sat there probably for 20 minutes yesterday, maybe 25 minutes, just remembering the goodness of God in my life. Things that he, I would have never dreamed of as a young man that God has allowed me to do and be a part of. And I would say, I want to make sure that I want to broadcast those memories. I want to make sure my kids know God's given your dad a great life. The things He's allowed me to do. I think that somewhat that's where the prophet Joel was speaking. And he said there's going to come a time when your young men will, or your old men will dream dreams, but your young men will see visions. And I think that there's a lot of truth in the fact that we need to recollect and we need to reminisce and we need to remember the greatness of God in our lives in the past. And we need to make it known so that the generation coming after us can have a vision of what God can do in their life, having heard what God has done in our life. I think it's one of the ways we can magnify. I also want us to look in verse number 1 of this same chapter. It says, Praise you the Lord, I will praise the Lord, notice this, with my whole heart. How do I magnify the Lord? 
I yield the entirety of my heart to Him. Every ounce of it. Every corner of it. Nothing kept back. There's no secret moments of my heart that I say, Lord, you can't have access to that. I want to magnify Him with all of it. Every bit of it. And then the last one, and probably maybe the one that I fail in more often than not, just because of the way I am. But Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. And we'll end with this one because it's a good one to end on. Luke chapter number 19. Let's go to verse number 37. Luke 19, verse 7, 37. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice <laughs> for all the mighty works that they had seen. Folks, we need to be loud. And, and, and I not mean obnoxious. I'm talking about we need to be bold in our speaking. Don't, don't mince words. Don't sit there and dilly-dally. Don't beat around the bush. Be loud about it. Be, be vocal about it. I remember uh, a, a revival uh, evangelist friend of mine, his name is Bobby Brown. He traveled with Tennessee Temple University for many years in some of their singing groups and preached. And uh, He uh, would come and preach at our church many times. He was a dear friend. He and his wife, Miss Gretchen, were dear friends of our family. And uh, he would come and preach in our high school chapels. And it was amazing. Every time, he, he got me probably eight or ten times before I finally realized he was what he was going to do every time. But... Every year he'd come, he would, he would always stay at our house, eat at our house, and, and we'd laugh and cut up, and he was a lot older than I was. And Then we'd get to the, to the chapel service, and he'd get up, and my dad would introduce him to preach, and Brother Brown would get up, and he'd say, Y'all really need to pray for me. He'd say, Last night, my left lung collapsed. It's really giving me problems. But my right lung is doing fine. <laughs> And he got me with that a lot of times. But, you know, he did that. And I'll tell you this. I, I thought of that as he, I was thinking of speaking with a loud voice. doesn't mean that we have to be obnoxious. But it does mean we need to be bold. We need to be ready. We need to let it be known everywhere we go. Do we need to magnify the Lord? Yes. We've already learned what areas of our life we need to magnify Him in. And hopefully this afternoon we've given you some biblical ways to magnify Him. How do we go about it? Our speech, our music, our songs, our testimony with our whole heart, speak of His works. So many areas that we can do uh, this in and, and methods that we can use to magnify the Lord. Let's just magnify Him everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Uh, I remember listening to an old country preacher one time. He used to talk about how uh, his, his neighbor had a watermelon patch in the summertime as a little boy. He'd, Wears overalls, barefoot. He'd go down to the watermelon patch, all hot and sweaty, and his uh, neighbor let him get a watermelon. He said, I'd take those watermelons. And he said, you know, the best way to eat it down south is you cracked it open on a rock, and you didn't cut it into pieces and chew it. He said, you just squished your face right down in it, you know. And he said, you got a big old mouthful of it, and you'd, you'd kind of waller it around in your mouth, and you'd separate out the seeds. And he said, as you're walking down, around town or whatever, you're eating this watermelon. He said, everywhere you go, you're just spitting spe seeds everywhere you go. And I thought of that. He used that illustration about the gospel and how everywhere we go, everywhere we go, seeds, put them out. Magnify the Lord everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Uh, let's be bold about it. Let's be bold about it. Two things 
When we magnify the Lord, that will happen. When we magnify Him, more people will see Him. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. If we magnify Him, other people will see Him, more people will see Him. And if we magnify Him, we will see more of Him. And it will draw us closer to Him. So let's magnify Him in our lives. All right? Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're thankful for the day you've given and the opportunity to come and hear your word preached. We thank you for those that have been able to be here today. And uh, Lord, even just looking back and seeing Devin here today, what a blessing.